Thanks to the people who have started leaving me text messages with the new feature. But remember, it's a one-way medium, so please include your email address or any other way of getting back in touch with you. Or, if you'd like to leave me voicemail, just go to the website at bookkeepermensch.com, scroll down a little bit on the main page, and leave me voicemail. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Paul Rosenblum is a bookkeeper, not an accountant or a CPA. Although the information in this podcast comes from professionals, it's meant to give you enough knowledge about these subjects to have a meaningful dialogue with your tax preparer about bookkeeping and taxes. I know it's February, but I'm writing and recording this episode in December of 2023. As I have mentioned, the bookkeeper's tax season starts ramping up for me right after October 15th, which is the final deadline for extensions previously filed on April 15th. I'm wondering how I'll survive the next few months. Paul Rosenblum. During tax season and leading up to tax season, I have always received a lot of referrals from accountants and CPAs from new clients of theirs who either need a set of books to be cleaned up and made accurate or business clients who don't yet have a set of books. This starts in November or December prior to the official start of tax season. In this episode, I will speak about how I go about assessing the books or the non-book situation after I make a commitment to take on a new client, among other things, about the start and middle of tax season for me. I will also speak about some of my daily routines during tax season. If the client has always handed bank statements to the accountant or CPA and let them do anything they need to do internally, I will always explain that they will take every shortcut in the world to get it done. The books will serve more as what we call work papers than a set of books that you can show to a bank or a lender or a potential investor if needed. So once I talk to the client about the importance of good, accurate books and explain my price structure and the software that I would suggest, either QuickBooks Desktop or QuickBooks Online, I will explain that to set up the books for data entry will be about an hour and a half and then I'll actually start the data entry for their books. The first month of my bookkeeping will be the toughest for the clients as well. I will have more questions for the client as I get to know the vendors who they buy from and what specifically they are purchasing, so that I can enter all of the transactions in the correct category. I'll explain to the new client that for the first month or two, I will need their help and I need them involved in the process as I get to know their company and how they do business. When each month is entered, I send a spreadsheet exported from the bookkeeping software with all of the transactions that I have questions about. I then create a column in that spreadsheet for the client to type in their answers 
as specifically as they can. When they send that spreadsheet back to me, then I simply reclassify the transactions. And if I'm using the online version of QuickBooks, I will set up rules so that the next time that same vendor comes up, the software will know what category we want to use, with, of course, some exceptions. Within about two months, more than 80% of the transactions have rules, or with the desktop edition, the software remembers automatically without setting up rules. So once that's done, there will be less questions for the client. If the client has a set of books already, and the accountant tells me that the books are so inaccurate that they can't be used for tax purposes, then my process is obviously different. I will tell the client that I will audit their current books by running a standard balance sheet and a standard profit and loss report, exporting them to PDF files, and then marking it up by typing my comments and questions within the categories or the chart of accounts. I then go into every category on the balance sheet and the profit and loss reports and write an email to the client with bullet points for each of the questions that I have about each line of data in each category. If the client wants to discuss online or on the phone what I have commented about, then we can do that. I do that process for a few reasons when an accountant refers me to their client. Number one, the client doesn't know me, and I want to show the client that I care about their books and what my knowledge is compared to other bookkeepers. Number two, I want to show the client how I work and what the process is to get their books in good shape. Number three, I also let the client know that I don't charge the half hour or 45 minutes that it takes me to go through their audit on their existing books. And number four, when the client and I speak about their bookkeeping, then I can assess how much time it would take me to put together their books per month, and I can give them an estimate of how much it'll cost on a monthly basis. Since I started this pod, I was always wondering if the same pattern would happen here as it does getting referrals from accountants and tax preparers. And it has. I am proud to say that I recently started working with a listener of this podcast who, after listening to some episodes, thought that his bookkeeper and accountant were not doing a complete job for him. We have spoken on the phone and eventually we'll have an online meeting so that I can put a face to the voice. But I can tell already now in December that he will be a pleasure to work with. And I'll be starting to do his bookkeeping sometime in January. So by the time you hear this episode, January will be done and finalized. And he isn't the only client who I now do bookkeeping for who emailed me after listening to this pod. It still surprises me to this day that these episodes unintentionally have served as another way to help clients with their bookkeeping. I'm very happy that this is the case. Everything ramps up during tax season for us bookkeepers, 
about two months before it ramps up for accountants and CPAs. The bookkeeping increases with new clients. All the other clients who I'm behind with now need the data entry to be done with deadlines approaching for getting 1099s out by the end of January. I wish I could control it, but my adrenaline automatically starts flowing every other day right after Thanksgiving, which allows me to work faster, think faster, type faster, all the while being very accurate, and I find myself with even more focus on my work. The flow of adrenaline isn't consistent until about December 10, when I find that every day I'm focused and more productive than I am, let's say, in the summer. I wish I could control it. There's something in bookkeepers and tax preparers' makeup that kicks in when we know we have deadlines coming up, even in two months. As things ramp up, I had a client who was audited in the middle of December, so we had some extra work getting ready for that, and pushing the client to get us information that's needed, more new clients getting referred to me, the hours at the office increase, the last quarterly sales tax payments due by December 20 have to be prepared, and many more client face-to-face or online meetings discussing the last estimate that's due on January 15 of the next year, or just looking at the latest profit and loss for their business and discussing cash flow and collection issues or planning for expansion of the business, among many other things. I have to make sure that there are no transactions in the Ask the Client category, which is what I use for the monthly questions for clients. Everything has to be categorized, and I hate to wait until the last minute for those, and I hate to see a miscellaneous category on tax returns, although it is allowed. Not on my watch. Once in a while, like yesterday, one of my assistants was in the office working. I had an audit that I was preparing for, two meetings scheduled online with clients, an email to catch up on. By 3 p.m., I had a whole two billable hours in my pocket, and I got to the office at 7.45 that morning. Some days are just like that. My policy is that I don't charge for meetings that are under 15 minutes outside of the official tax season, January through April. But however, a meeting that's over a half an hour, I do. I don't charge to answer questions or respond to emails from clients. So some days are frustrating leading up to tax season when the phone rings, texts come in on the cell phone, emails come in, even in December, 40 or 50 emails a day. And of course, running this podcast and answering emails from listeners. Yesterday, I left the office at 625 after getting in at 7.45 a.m. And yes, I had lunch yesterday, which is not something I do every day. Flash forward to the next day. Who knows what today will hold? Maybe I'll get some solid bookkeeping and billable time done, and I can be home in time to see a good movie with my other half. I have already on my desk 
printed out material that's waiting for me to input. Before I leave the office, I almost always print out what I need to take care of the next day. So when I get to the office, I can sit down, have a few sips of my cup of tea, and immediately start work. That's efficient. It's now close to the end of the day, and today I reconciled and fixed a whole year of a small company that used to be in QuickBooks Online, but we converted to the desktop since he's closing his current company and opening up a brand new business. No need to pay the monthly service charges for QuickBooks Online, so we converted the data back to the desktop version. I had to fix up some transactions that were converted. They had some weird characters in them, probably noise in the download that created funny characters. And I had to reconcile several months of data in 2023. I also found that the payments to the credit card were not downloaded for several months, so I had to input them in order to reconcile the bank statement and the credit card both. And by the way, when you convert from QBO to the desktop, the reconciliation and all of the reports associated with them are lost forever. After that project was finished, I then went on to reconcile 12 bank statements and 12 credit card statements for another company where the bookkeeping was done by its owner. I always dread reconciliations where the bookkeeping was done by anyone other than myself. I started with the bank account, and for some reason, there was no history of any bank reconciliations in QuickBooks Online. I looked at the bank register and found the C mark on all transactions in 2020 and 2021. They were cleared, but not actually reconciled. I remember that sometime in 2022, the bank account changed because the bank merged with another bank. So I had to figure out what ending balance I should use to do another mass reconciliation for prior years to get to the balance that I should have. I tried November 30th, 2023 to see if that would work. I was able to reconcile to the bank account balance but I had about $16,000 difference in transactions that were sitting in the books, unable to be reconciled. I sent an email to the owner, and we will sit down on Tuesday, December 26th over Zoom and try to figure out what those transactions are if they're not double entries, which they don't seem to be. All of this happened when I also needed to get a few clients up to date that I fell behind with. I had a client ask me to send her up-to-date books, and I wrote back to her saying that the last bank statement she sent me, since I don't have access to her bank account, was in June. I don't do bookkeeping without at least the statements in my hand. I've asked for access to the bank account and credit card account for months. Her response was, I'm too busy. I'll get the statements to you after Christmas. In the middle of the day, I got a call from an accountant that just got back from an audit of one of my clients. They caught the client doing things that ended up costing him a lot of money, mostly because he didn't listen to his bookkeeper 
to keep things compliant and organized. He didn't keep not one receipt from a restaurant or train or bus tickets or any other paperwork that he should have for a multi-million dollar company. I will probably be walking away from him once the audit is closed and signed off on. More stress. It's starting to add up. Then I worked on a U.S. corporation, an artist who spends much time in other countries and out of the United States. Her local accountant last year asked her to hire an international accountant because of all the possible issues, and I told her that I don't really know how to do the bookkeeping since most of her meals at restaurants on the business accounts were outside of the U.S. Are they local business meals? Or are they travel meals? I hadn't heard all year from the client. Her books are done. I treated the bookkeeping as a U.S. company and made her meals outside the U.S. as travel meals. It will be up to the accountant to figure out what to do with her tax return. Today is a Saturday before Christmas, and I'll be in the office in the afternoon. Maybe recording this episode, starting to work on more online presence for this pod, getting one more company up to date, preparing the 1099s, running reports, and sending them to clients for missing W-9s, and correcting double entries in payroll that a client set up themselves incorrectly. And I need to order some office supplies, ink, paper, binder clips, rubber bands, etc., with tax season officially coming up soon. Oh, the trials and tribulations of running your own business. I will have to make my annual backups of my computers in the office for archive purposes, run scans to make sure the computers are in good shape, clean the office, organize, make sure that everything is filed and put away properly, because the next few months, a hurricane will hit my office. I have year-end meetings books to finish, new clients to evaluate, and a hundred other things that I can't even think of at the present moment. But enough about me. I hope you enjoyed the holiday season. Bookkeepers get stressed and work hard, but it's all worth it to me. I help people manage their businesses and money from their businesses so that they can celebrate the holidays by taking a vacation, buying gifts, seeing family, and sleeping well at night knowing their business books are in good shape. That's my place in the world, and I'm mostly comfortable with it. Camille, still want to be an accountant? Just kidding. And thank you so much for the review on Apple, and Captain Jack as well. It's very much appreciated. Okay, time to go. You all know what I'm doing. Getting back to someone's books. My books, by the way, I'm six months behind in entering my credit card statements. However, I'm up to date with my business bank account. You know the saying, the shoemaker doesn't have any shoes. I declare 2024 and all years going forward, be good to your bookkeeper year. B-G-T-Y-B-Y. Drop me a voicemail on the website or an email with any suggestions for future episodes. Do you have a situation that you need some help in? Accounting, of course. Share it with all of us. Let's talk about it here. I'll do an episode on specific issues that come to me in email from you guys. That's it for now. Happy tax season. 
and happy 2024. Watch out for the Venmo and PayPal transactions, listen to the 1099 update episode, and be good to your bookkeeper. I'm Paul Rosenberg.